Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 17 of the Unholy Trinity, where this week we'll be summarising the summer transfer window. Yo, what's up Everton fans? Just wanted to say I'm delighted and I can't wait to start my new adventure with you guys. Also to wear the blue jersey. See you guys soon. We'll be looking back at a frustrating afternoon at Sellers Park. Empty board here for the visitors. The ball didn't quite roll where they wanted it until Richarlison struck it. And there were quite a few inside the ground who thought that was in. And we'll be looking ahead to Watford's visit on Saturday. Lucas Dean is there as well. Lucas Dean! Brilliant! But before all that, I'd like to welcome the Everton guru back on the show, Andy McGregor, El Pivote. Thanks for coming back in, mate. Thank you very much. You've had a busy week, I'd say. I've seen you and heard you on many Everton media platforms. I thought at one point I was going to see you on Sky Sports News with Jim White. <laughs> and his yellow tie Were you approached at any point? No, no. Unfortunately, Pez went to, uh, went to the Sky Bet thing that they had instead of me. But yeah, it was been, it's been a busy week. But yeah, it's been fun. It's probably like the most busy time for me, I guess. But nice to be with you. Nice to have you, mate. So without further ado, let's, let's jump in and, and have a look at and summarise our, our summer transfer window. Because when we spoke last week, we we were just we expecting the most keen signs to, to go through, which obviously it did. Um, since then we had Sadevi through from Monaco on low and also Alex Obobi so where do we start with all that? I think the keen one was obviously we talked about that last week didn't we that was on the verge of being announced um, albeit some people losing their heads saying he's going to another club and all that yeah, I was sorry all sorts was it yeah. was Sunday but yeah. standard but no I thought overall thing look and we saw a snippet of him at the weekend I think that's some people are actually comparing it saying, is that our Robinho type signing? You know, I don't think it's that, like that, because obviously Robinho at the time was a bit of a world name and, and, and just below probably that level, but I still think it's a statement signing, just purely because of you know what's thought about the kid and also where he's come from. A lot of people in the football world seem to have been surprised you went to survey, let him go and be, let him go to us. Yeah, as I, as I said on uh, Twitter, when someone, I think it was in 
early June, maybe May, someone said, oh, Everton are interested in Moise Keane. I was like, yeah, right. So Juventus is not going to let him go. Not that Everton couldn't get him. It was more that, why would Juventus let such a talent go? They don't seem such a Chelsea kind of club, if you will. They let good young players go, but obviously they're all going all in for the Champions League under Ronaldo. So they're losing probably the best one since Balotelli came through, obviously before he sort of slipped back, it slipped away. But he's probably the best talent they've had in terms of a striker for a long time. So... Everton, what you benefited from their stupidity, really? As, as we understand it, no buyback. No, no. Marcel working his, his magic again there, isn't he? On the uh, at the negotiating table, I think it's a it's a it's a signing though, which is, has got the the whole fan base massively excited, hasn't it? You know, he's coming with it with a great reputation. He's nineteen years of age. We we said this in last week. It's so important we don't we don't pin all our hopes on on this one young player. He's going to be our our new number nine, so to speak, a hero. He's a young kid who's, who's got to come into a brand new league, learn all about it. Let let him let him learn, let him learn. Let's not put the pressure on him. It's you know, it's not going to do him any kind of favors because he you know he will feel feel pressure anyway. I'm sure coming into one of the, one of the best leagues in the world, the fastest league in the world as well. Um, so let's let's give the give the kids some time. But massively, the, the reaction on social media and speaking to Everton fans is that they're hugely excited to see to see him blossom. Hopefully over the over the course of this season. Well, yeah. What I seem to like about, obviously, regard not just his ability, but you know, you can clearly see. And we talked about this briefly on the pod last week. A lot of his goals look like centre forwards' goals, don't they? You know what I mean, they look like actually he's in the right places at the right times. He's not scoring worldies; he's scoring actually forwards' goals. And hopefully, that's the type of player we need. Someone that will get, you know, the simple tappings, the little sort of shinners in in the back of the net, that sort of thing. But also, his bit of his background as well. He looks like he's been well brought up, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean, he's come from a tough, impoverished background, in, you know, in, in, in northern Italy. You know, he's, he's been well looked after at Juve. Um, but you know, obviously, the attitude side of it comes into it as well as the ability. I think obviously that's again something that's crucial that Brands looks for, isn't it? But I think I think no, I'm hoping the kid does well. I hope he gets an early goal for me, so it takes that bit of pressure off. Hopefully, we can see him score at home next week, um, and then you know, go on a bit of a run from there. Because again, as, as we'll talk about in the game later on. We just really lacked that sort of cutting edge again, didn't we, at the weekend? Mm. I think though, I mean, obviously, besides Keane coming in, um, which is which is a is a good, it's a statement signing for ourselves. And one which needs a bit of time. I think signing someone in the mould of Alex Iwobi, which just came from nowhere, really. And I mean, Andy, you know better than ourselves. There, it came from absolutely nowhere. Loads of links, and we were discussing Wilfred Zaha, and we thought it might be a goer, um, and then. Wednesday, all of a sudden, the movie popped up, didn't he? We, it was the pie as well. Well, no, there was, there was, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, obviously, that position was one he was looking, looking to strengthen. Um, but what, what I mean, what do you know about how that come about, Andy, in terms of it will be? Do you, do you need, as I said, I didn't hear about it at all until uh, Wednesday when we did the bid turned down for 32, 33 million, whatever it was, and then Arsenal told Everton that it would be 40 million. So right. that was sort of a nice thing to have in our back pocket in case we couldn't get a Zaha because we knew exactly how much the price was we were obviously looking to try and get Zaha into the middle of Thursday and obviously yeah. it didn't come off his agent thought he'd be leaving but it, it didn't happen and so I think what they've looked at is they're looking for someone who can add that creativity in the final third someone who can throw passes through someone who can carry the ball forward someone who can you know, sort of break teams down like you know obviously we'll get on to it but yesterday we struggled at times to break defences down and that type of thing I think OB is that type of player when people have asked me in the past is you know because I'm obviously big into data and who's that player who stands out that people don't realise actually I always say Alex Awobi because 
people seem to focus a lot on his mistakes. I think that's the problem with maybe a lot of clubs is when teams come, when players come through from the youth teams, they remember the mistakes like we did with Ross Barkley and Tom yeah. Davis, for example. We just remember all the flaws rather than what makes them good. And I think with the Wobies that he's such a good you know, he is such a good passer and he is such a good dribbler of the ball that really adds something that we don't have. You know, he's also physical. That's a physical presence. So I think that's what we have signed him for. And it's someone to come in on that left hand side who can join up with Gilfie and try and create things. Look, he's a very different player to, to Bernard, obviously, but from watching him last season for Arsenal, he seemed to carry the ball a lot and bring the full back into play. And you think surely that's what exactly what Marco mm-hmm. Silva's looking for from a wide left player for Everton. He did, yeah. If you, as I said, if you read, there was an interview with um, Marcus Silver asking the same what is his preferred winger types when one of them was someone who could get closer to the number 10 role and basically exposed his face on the left hand side for Luca Dean to get in. And that's exactly what Wobie is. He likes to drift, he can drift in, obviously go wide, he can play 10, he can play 8. If he eventually goes to that 4 3 3 that we've long yeah. talked about, obviously signing uh, Jean Philippe Cabam, and that'll help as well because he can play 6. So I think it's starting to come together. It's also given us different options. Uh, we've I think people, you, you ourselves have probably spoke about this now, spoke about various people. We play the same formation quite a lot of the time. It'd be nice if teams couldn't set up for that 4 2 3 one, you know, mm-hmm. three, one. They thought we were going to play 4 3 3 or yeah. different formations, so it'll help us. And I think Owobi can be a really good sign for Everton. I think I'd, all I'd say to the Evertonians who are sceptical is just watch him for us. Don't make, it, don't make your mind up before you see him in a blue shirt, really. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think he could be one of those under the radar signings that actually could work for us, couldn't it? Exactly what you've just said there. I mean, Wenger's comments we tweeted out earlier mm. earlier this week, didn't we, about Wenger yeah. saying actually an intelligent footballer that always gets himself into great positions, gets his body into a great position and seems to link the play. I mean, look, you could point his stats in terms of assists and goals, he probably should get more playing in that position, but look, Silva can work on that. The kid's 23, isn't he? And he's a kid still. He's 23, so arguably, what has he had? Over 100 Premier League games, he's played in the Champions League, he's played obviously several games for Nigeria played in tournaments with them at the age of 23. So he's had a lot of experience for that age. I think, I, I think though, just, just on that point about his experience and what he's played in and what have you, I think if you look at who we have signed generally, they've all got experience of major competitions and, and, mm. and top-level football. So, you know, the likes of Iwobi, as, as mentioned, Keane, he's played in the Champions League for Juventus, he's played there at a club who, who wins the league year in, year out. Mm. Fabian Dell's another one. You know, he's won the league at Man City, he's played at the highest level, Champions League, numerous caps for the country. So you've got to look at what the what the club are trying to do. Um but for, going back to Wobi, it's another player like like Keane for me, who massively excites me. He's a player who will get you off your feet. You, this you know, we, we we've longed for and we did it at times last season where we broke pretty well and we, the, the transition from front to back was was fairly decent. United sticks out where Sigerson scored that, that belter mm. outside the box. Um, Huddersfield was it Brighton Brighton where Richarlison got on the end yeah, of it you know, great, great team move wasn't it this this is only going to help that with the likes of Keane and Iwobi on the break with Richarlison we're, we're going to be we're going to be a, I think a force to be reckoned with as the years as the seasons go on but we're going to see I think as the season develops a much quicker and a much more potent Everton attack but I know we've got to be careful with stats, but there's a little stat for you. Alex Iwobi created more chances from open play to 40 last season and completed more take-ons, 46, than any other Arsenal player. Is that right? Yeah. He did. So if you look, right. I'll just add to what Pete's saying there. So yeah. if you look at, he played, I think, 18 or 1900 minutes for Arsenal in the Premier League. Yeah. He created big chances, which is chances created that conceivably a striker should score one-on-ones, headers inside the six-yard box. So he played, what, 1800 minutes? 
Gilton Sigurdsson created 11 and played 3,000 minutes. So you add someone who is a really good creative player, you know, and he doesn't take free kicks or corners like Gilfie as well. So it, yeah. it, it, we're getting someone who really ups that thing. And my thing for 18 months now has been that we haven't had players like that. Mm-hmm. We need players who can cause panic when they get sort of in amongst defenders. Like you saw yesterday at times, down the middle, we, we're still struggling to break teams down in that low block, which is what we're going to face as we get better and better yeah. and better. Yeah. But I think it happened under Roberto Martinez, where after that first great season, teams thought we can just sit in against these and just yeah. pass it yeah. We haven't got that. So we need to learn how to beat them type of teams. I think them type of players, Gabarman included, he can drag that ball upfield, he can pass it, I know he can have a great baby, but he's someone who will help us break down defences as well eventually. I think the key word there is... is, is, is is intelligence in it and intelligent players do that it's, it's, it's all, all well and good getting in the right position and you're just making that right decision isn't it over and over again and the top teams are full of players that do that isn't it you know your David Silvers and people like that I think you know judging by those stats and judging by um, you know I still think what was it 28 million we got him for was it in the end yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean in today's money that's nothing is it that's nothing for someone someone who you know of that age not really has he had a few little injury niggles has he but not many has he do you know what I mean so you know, and he's just come off the back of a decent Afcon as well, hasn't he? He played, he's one of the better, better players in the tournament there as well. So, you know, only time will tell. But I think it gives Bernard competition down down that left hand side because that's what it, ultimately what we want Bernard to do, don't we? We want Bernard to come in centrally and link the play and things like that as well. And he showed snippets of it again. He probably looked the most likely in at times yesterday. But for me, he's just not selfish enough either. Bernard in that position, he gets into great positions, doesn't get shots off, and we probably need someone to do that and to link it, but also maybe get a few more goals as well. Um, I think what Everton fans also have to accept as well, like it wasn't a, a case of a Wobi or Zahar. Yeah. It's a Wobi's no by no means a lesson. No, Zahar's now 27, 27 November. Mm-hmm. But he was the same age as a Wobi, scored two goals and had one assist in the Premier League. Yeah. Alex Wobi, the same age, had three goals and six assists last season. So you don't, you, obviously, they're at a different stage of the career, so you can't judge. In a sense, this, this is the same player in a sense because they are at different stages. Maybe when he's in his peak, Alex will be, maybe will, will be, maybe won't be as good as Zaha. But we're signing a player who could, who's got potential to be yeah. a very good player. So half the price. Yeah, for half the price, yeah, I mean, the price got really ridiculous for Zaha. It got to sort of eighty million up front. Yeah, that's stupid. It's too much money. Not to put you on the spot, Andy, but what do you reckon for January? Do you think that's it for Zaha now, or do you think? I would, I, I would say, yeah, it's fine. I would say, I would say that'd be it. Yeah, he turns twenty-eight next over year in November. I just don't see the value in Evan Sano at that point at that age because then you talk about diminishing returns. Then not that he would have been not that now, but it's come to the stage for brands. I think we will move on next summer. I don't. I find it very hard, even though we do need a centre back, for example, which we'll obviously get on to in January. I don't think we'll sign one unless it's on loan. Marcel Brands, I checked the other day just to make sure he hasn't signed a player in January since 2012. Wow, so that's a long time. So obviously the value's not there now. If Kertzuma is playing as terribly as he did today, as we go on, yeah. then maybe the value will be there for Kertzuma. But unless something like that, someone like him who can come in slot in straight away comes available, I'm not too sure we'll do anything in January. Which or maybe we'll sign a young player. I'm not too sure whether that's going to happen or not. But all yeah. depends on Mina, doesn't it? I mean, I know we've <coughs> before. All of us are in agreement here that Mina and Keane are quite similar. You know, the pace thing. You know, there was a bit yesterday, wasn't there, with Mina, where you kind of let the runner go, like trying to play offside. You're thinking, well. May stay with your man, but I think generally you thought I can't fucking catch the guy anyway. So yeah. he's trying to obviously play him offside, but maybe we will, maybe we won't get caught out with those. So let's hope they stay fit first and foremost, and then um, you know they'll prove a decent partnership. Interesting. Will, will we have him for tomorrow? Do you reckon? Yes, he was a backup yeah. again. As soon as the Louise thing sort of brought everything down, really. Yeah. you can't legislate for that brand. Can you? <coughs> no, they're going to ever sell. 
Assuming we're loan, I think we're going to loan soon. I don't think we had the, uh, enough like disposable cash. Obviously, we're trying to sign to Har and right. the FFP and whatever you want to to put sign to. So we're going to loan them again. But I think when that could thought we'll get we'll get Tamori as a third centre back. We'll play Mina, and then when Louise left, it was like neither options available then because they had their four centre backs: Rudiger, Christensen, Zuma, and Tamori. Even though they've got a couple of other more on the UT, which they could probably they just decided that was it then. So, so Louise bugged it all up for everyone, didn't he? Yeah. He did really because Evan had no idea. Evan, that's why Evan waited. So I know people criticise Marcel, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but I was waiting so long in the window. Think about how much money he saved on each transfer. That is the other question, but. <laughs> It's the issue I found is that yes, we did. We, we were convinced that we were getting cared soon and all along right. the signs from his agent, signs from him. So I think Chelsea were even probably considering it. And then when the Louise deal happened, Everton thought, oh, so they, they went to two players they already knew. We'd looked at Small and Rojo last year as well. I know yeah. they're not the greatest signs. I think Chris Small's okay. I wouldn't have minded Chris Small. Rojo, yeah. I'm not that big on. Yeah. But I think it's just another experienced body that Marco Silva, I think, likes Marcus Rojo. He had them for a couple of months at Sport in Lisbon. I think that's why he wanted them in. I think that would have been okay for a loan. But of course, Manchester United wanted to pay £25 million, which yeah, yeah. Brands was never going to do. I think yeah. there's quite a panic on Twist about that, wasn't well, there? Were we going for a loan with him? Where we yes, we were only going to do a loan. We never would have bought him. I think unless they offered him for like a million or so, we would have might have took yeah. him. But at 27, 28, I think he's 28, in the wages he's on. More than most Everton players on him, because Manchester United have ridiculous wages. He hasn't played, has he? Particularly for United. No, and he's a lot more aggressive. Funes Mori is. He just runs yeah. out and kills people and tackles yeah. and then yeah. he's <laughs> position. It's he's a liability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's flexible in the fact that he can play left back as well. But I think we could have done better. But options are short at that point, really in the window. You know, that's the issue. I agree with you there about the brand thing. I I think he was getting a bit of stick about that. I just think that there's certain things you can't legislate for in the market. You know, we'll have all this. We'll have our sort of you know, first backup, second, third, whatever, and you know, you, at the end of the day, you would have been potentially, you know, and, and like you said, an experienced body coming in. But it is what it is now. You know what I mean? I just think we've got to go. We've got two, two young lads potentially to come in. Gabaran can play centre half, can he? Has yes, he, and, and he has played a few games there for Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. so when you were talking there about pedigree of players, Lee, yeah. someone we have brought into the back four is the World Cup winning right back in yeah. Sadibi. What do you know about him, Andy? He's, yeah, so he, when he played for Monaco, when they won the title in 16-17, he was fantastic. Him and Mendy, obviously, really shown when he beat Manchester right. City in the Champions League. and he, he surprised everyone in Mbappe, of course. And, and then he got the knee injury pre-World Cup in, in 18. And instead of having an operation, he sort of put the operation off so he could go to the World Cup. And, but since then, he's not been the same since he came back. Now, he is good going forward, by all means. He's really you know, you know, fast. Strong going forward, good passer, can you know, cross it as well. Mm. So he had, he had something different. Like Coleman, obviously, he's a very much a dynamic player who hits the byline, gets in the box. Whereas Sadibi can play more of a possession based game, which will suit us in certain games. The issue becomes, though, whether he defends. His, his defensive right. ability is a bit erratic. His position, luckily, we've got a great positional coach in Marco Silva. Yeah. But he steps out sometimes when he doesn't need to. He runs into tackles when he doesn't need to. He leaves his position exposed. He presses really high for Monaco. And he lost the ball, I think someone said, 438 times last season. <laughs> Which, but the whole Monaco team is a mess last season. So it can't, it's hard to judge players, but I think you won't see him in the next first couple of weeks. But he'll push Coleman by all means. He's a fairly good player. So it's just whether... And I think he'll push Coleman. was last time Coleman. I didn't even push him real, realistically. When since, here, but since he's got the job off here, but there's no one, is there really? So I think it's good now that in every position almost, we've got competition that pushing players on. I think that's the thing, isn't it? We, we always... You were saying over the course of the summer about we trying to have competition for places. And, and Silver said, didn't he, over the course of um, this week, saying he doesn't want people thinking they're guaranteed to start every single week. Either these people need to be on the toes 
and they, therefore it, it breeds a much more competitive environment and, and obviously uh, a winning team and it, it's really key there the likes of Coleman obviously just, just announces the as the club captain as well um, that he's still not guaranteed to be starting with someone World Cup winning right back behind him who's pushing them all the way obviously Luca Dean's got, got the same with Leighton Baines on the left hand side the only place that we've, we've fallen short as we've mentioned is, is in the middle of the back isn't it where we've got two good centre halves there but we, we, may, we may struggle but we, we'll see how the, the first the first part of the season pans out with that but I think I think all in all I mean I, I'm, I'll say and I'll score it probably in eight out of ten for the window for me the only thing that would have given it a ten would have been getting a centre half mm-hmm. a, a more dynamic should I say centre half Mm-hmm. Than, than Zima basically well you know me you know my yeah. thoughts on Kate yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was still convinced last week he was going to come I was still convinced Wednesday he was going to come um, it's a shame he's not but we've got to move on haven't we you know we, we've said obviously we tweeted a few times about Kate and wanting to have him back and he, look, he looks awful in a Chelsea shirt in terms of the fact that he only suits an Everton blue shirt but tongue in cheek we've got to move forward it's gone now hasn't it no point dwelling on, on what's, what's been before. Yeah. I guess we fun and look forward to a good season. Something I wanted to briefly mention at the end of the transfer window, Chen Tosin has turned down several offers to leave Everton Football Club and says he wants to fight for his place. What do we think of that? For me, it's money. I don't think he'll ever get it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that. It's, uh, but this is the issue that we've got and this is why Brands is much smarter than your Walshers and previous people Everton have had because... We've got players who like Sandro. Why would Sandro ever leave Everton? You know, he could probably have five loans now. You have five loans at the end of his deal because is he ever going to get that much money again? He scored, by the way. He scored. Yeah. Did he? Scored, yeah. Gets in. I hope he does. I I felt sorry for him really. I did. But yeah, yeah, I think with Chen Tosin, I think he's probably thinking to himself, he is a reasonably good player. I like Chen. Maybe he doesn't fit Everton, but maybe for a Palace, Palace would probably love him. He can finish, can't he? Yeah, he can finish. It's just that with Everton. He's probably better in like a four-four-two. He can feed off a strike, yeah. which we don't really have, and our system doesn't suit him. And th- this is the issue when you sign when managers sign players like Allardyce did, is when the new manager comes in, they don't ever want them players. Yeah. This is what will happen with Luchman and Vlasic as well, for example. So I think he's just been in unfortunate circumstances, been, but he's probably on what about seventy, eighty thousand a week. It's very yeah. tough for a Turkish team to pay that unless you know they, it's you know. So well, you can't pay for these transfer fees, can we? No, no that's the issue. Always loans with Turkish. How, how many times, no, how many players have we had linked to to Turkish clubs over the course of the summer from uh, to Cenk, Umanias, Schneiderlin? It's always on loan, and and that's all you can ever do. Which you know is not particularly ideal. But like you say, Marco Silva is they're not his players, are they? Mm. So he's going to want to get rid of those players that don't suit our system mm-hmm. or his system. And the place with those with those that do, but I give him credit for his, his attitude, though. I, I think you know you can't knock his attitude. By all accounts, he's a top lad. He, you know he's, he works hard in training, so, and I, I agree with you. I think he's a decent finisher in the right formation, and he's technically better than people give him credit for mm-hmm. as well. His touch is decent. You know he just he's just got no pace, isn't it? And in the Premier League, you either need to be like a massive front man and hold it up, or you or you got to have that pace, haven't you? There's no in between, you know. So yeah. Spanish players, if you're going to come to the Premier League, you need to have to be super fast, yeah. a genius like David Silva, yeah. or you need to be Lorente. Who's that? Yeah. Then in between, just doesn't quite work. So and he, he is that. He, he is that in between. But yeah. I, you can't knock him as a t- he plays. He scores goals in the Champions League. He's a good player. Yeah. It's just that it doesn't fit. But 
it's very difficult to move players to Turkey because, as, as you said, they haven't got any money. That's why we tried to move on Yukora to, to, to Russia and try to push people towards Russian. I think he's going to Monaco on Yukora mm-hmm. now, but yeah. there's a lot of work permits. I don't know what the French work permits are like. I think, I think it's sort of day. I think it's, it's nailed on for some yeah. medical stuff. Right, uh, right, so. You'd rather live there, wouldn't you, than Russia? Well, yeah, but he was quite keen. He was quite keen himself to, to go, go back, back to Turkey. And, he, and was was there was rumours that he rejected going to Monaco and everything like, oh, hang on, we're we're getting 13, 14 million quid, whatever it is. On your Monaco, yeah, yeah, and your wage off our. And a buyback as well, hopefully. <laughs> well, he turned out to be the world. I don't think that I don't I, I don't think that Silver Pacific is that high on him. To be honest, mm-hmm. I, I I watched him in Turkey last season. He's a good player. Yeah. I just don't know whether he's going to ever be consistent enough to be a Premier League player. Mm-hmm. He's a very much not Walcott, but Walcott esque in the fact that he's he's very much a direct winger who scores goals. Yeah. Yeah. But he scored. See. His figures weren't, weren't bad, but he, he had a quite a few games where he scored two or Hattick or whatever it might have been. It wasn't like he was scoring every single game. They were, as you say, it was in patches. They were lumped together. Eight games, he scored goals, and yeah, yeah he scored yeah. like five in like a two week period. And it, it's just, I think again, again, we didn't sign, and the current management team didn't sign, so he's not their player. I think it's. I think we, I think that's what's going to happen. Is going to be a lot of those old players, apart from your Coleman's, who are obviously fixtures and everything, but a lot of those squad players who weren't signed by Brandon Silva will be continually moved out, and so eventually we'll have a squad full of their players. I hope though we get to the stage where we're only bringing two or three, four in yeah. instead of six yeah, or seven yeah. every summer because you're going to see it in the next few first few weeks now. It's, a little, it's going to take time again, like last season, for us to get embedded in. Well, the other player who's been linked out with Spalassi, he's been linked with the move to Celtic. Celtic, mm-hmm. so that, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Sound Scots? I think Scots and Clare's off somewhere. I, can't I think it's maybe Anderlecht or somewhere. That couldn't remember. But yeah, Spalassi again. He's been given a squad number. I wouldn't read a lot of Everton fans are reading into that. The ass, and, but you have to register. But it's just in case we need him. You have to register because you don't have to register under 21s like Gibson for example so it's not that they're going to be playing I don't think it's just that we have to register just in case we need I think it was numbers 28 to 31 yeah which hopefully yeah. won't yeah. see sort of post the 2nd of September but listen stranger things have happened it behooves teams though who've got that window open to the, the 2nd of September to wait because the price yeah. just keeps on dropping doesn't yeah, it you know, when you want to get rid of these players it's just that's what teams are going to do brands can't say you will sign this player now you can't do that I think a lot of people moan that he couldn't get good prices for players but look when he wants to go to Leipzig mm-hmm. last year he wants to go to CSK these yeah. teams haven't got where's your leverage million, yeah, where's your leverage, leverage yeah. that's what you want where's your leverage yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. you, you want a bit of more don't you? you want two or three teams interested in a player who were quite happy to go we are of 25, 30 it, it didn't happen as you say because these players prefer to go to a certain club and those would probably be well Luckman aside like a Vlasic you wouldn't see many many probably in for him but it's it's one of those I mean it is what it is isn't it you know we're, we're no experts in, in the financial side of things but we have sometimes you do have your, have your hands tied when it comes to selling players we found that ourselves um, the, what's gone on in previous years in terms of previous managers has, has impacted heavily as well we're gradually getting down aren't we, where we are shipping these players out whether it be on loan or on permanent deals so by sort of the the end of, of this new season and then and the next season all those players who are dead wood as we like to call them they should be out of the door shouldn't we and as you say we should be buying maybe two or three players as opposed to getting in six or seven as well so what do you reckon you gave away eight out of ten eight, yeah I think I think eight eight it's a real solid eight yeah you know eight out of ten. I think we bought bought some the nice areas but obviously we we all know Centre half out well on that particular part of the team we've bought well we've got rid of a hell of a lot of players. But we've, but we've we've brought in quality and we've brought in within the right sort of age range but those who were just outside 
that experience is key. You, you can't just buy kids and younger players. You've well, got you to have them. Of course you have, yeah. And you know, we we will see as the as the next sort of few weeks and months go on. But I, I fully fully envision a real a real solid and and quality season for Everton. I really do. Pete, what would you give it out of ten, mate? Yeah, absolutely solid eight or nine. I think. Yeah. Obviously, bar bringing in a centre half, which is arguably um, no real fault of the club. Yeah, Andy, what are you reckon? Yeah, I would have said that you know, about 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, I like the call. That's what that that's yeah, yeah. that's, that's sort of links into the Palace game as well. Is mm-hmm. the, is the formation change coming where mm-hmm. we are going to go four three three and you're going to have deeper players now? I like Gilfie Sigurdsson. I'm not as big a fan. I've criticised him in the past, but he obviously his goals are so important to Everton. Of course, but if you play him deeper, does he lose his effect mm-hmm. on the team? And 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 obviously bringing a destroyer like a Ducori gets in the box, it sort of makes up in a, in a sense. Mm. I guess we'll talk about it more in a moment but yesterday for me was probably Gilfie Sigurdsson's worst game in an Everton shirt he, he seemed to really struggle he, did, he looked out of sorts he didn't look himself he's had a bad pre-season to be honest mm, I, yeah. I, think, I don't think him and Bernard, Bernard so he had a particularly great pre-season either mm. and they just seem, they seem off the base now, hopefully that's just a, you know, a, a, you know, a period but hopefully they get you know, back to what they know, they're what the best at really I think the 4-3-3 is an interesting point because for me I think Against that, against the uh, like the low block like Palace put in yesterday, you're going to cause more problems. I think with a four-three-three, to that formation than the four-two-three-one that we played. Gilfie was anonymous really because we couldn't find him. He could hardly get on the ball. And there are games I remember. There's a handful of games last season. I know he's obviously got some important goals for us, but there's a handful of games where you just think, has he even touched the ball here? What's going on? He's not. He's not. I think in that formation it inhibits him getting on it, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Times, I just, yeah. I just think. Yeah, I just don't think it suits us when we play against those style of teams. You know, look at the goals he scored against United and people like that, where you know we've counted because they pushed onto us. When there's more space, I think he comes alive more. Uh, but against those sort of teams where they're just very low, I just think he struggles. To, to play that four-three-three at a high level, though, you need a, a world-class six, don't you? you... I think they think Gabamon's going to be that six because he played that role uh, not not really last season, but the previous seasons for Mainz. Koundé, Pierre Koundé played the last season right. for them. He played more of the, the box-to-box role. But I think they think him and Schneiderlin can play that six because they the sit, they sit deep. Schneiderlin. He's actually better sitting deep because I wouldn't like I don't like him as a two because he has to push on more. And mm. I think him just sitting in front of the two, just tidying up, just tidying up. That's that is That's what he did best for Southampton. But what I was I was listening to just a quick aside. I was listening to an interview with Ralph yeah. Hasselhoff and he said. Basically, in a four-three-three, you want three players you can win the ball back high up the pitch more than you want to create a number ten in a sense. Right. And I think with a Jacore, with a Gomez, and with a Gabon, if them three can win the ball back and then give it to the forwards, I think that's what Silva wants because he's similar to he likes yeah, that counter attack. Rather than a clever ten. Yeah, maybe yeah. possibly. Yeah. Now, obviously, Gilfie Sigurdsson is such a high, you know, high-priced player, and he's on, he's, he's an important player for Everton. Mm. When Marco came in, he had to obviously make use of him because it's important that you do make use of him. Whether long term, that's what he wants to do. We'll have to see. There was rumours. Interesting then, see how he plays it. But there was rumours late on in the window that I mentioned to, to you lot that um, Sigurdsson could have, could be going out to Italy. That was a little thing that, that appeared that, that I saw. Not it wasn't wasn't a, a, a huge thing that that took off, but that maybe could be on his way out, which would explain how we were affording crazy bids for Zaha, Decore, things like that. 
Uh, don't know how true that is. Obviously, the European window is still open. I can't see now our window's closed. That he's going to go anywhere. No, no, no. Um, no. We couldn't replace his goals now. No. But it is interesting that, like, a Decore was meant, and a Wobi, I think that they see him as someone who can play 8 10 yeah. in, in the Bernard position as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Everton go forward and what, and what the plan is. But I do expect us to sign a box to box midfielder. You know, we didn't bid for Kessie, I think Wolves did, but someone like him and Takori, I think Takori will be too old by the time next summer yeah. comes around for, for brands, but someone of that type to give us something different in the middle if we want to we want to shift sort of performance. Is, is that him, so is it? He's at sorry, he's at EC Milan. Yeah. Oh EC, sorry, yeah. He's supposed to be highly rated, isn't he's he? Very good he had too. a very good season before he went to Milan, didn't he? Yeah, he's good he was good last season, he had like, I think the first like pre quarter of the season he was very good and then he just thought unfortunately fell away. But yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, no, but I, I, it's interesting that because I, I, I think ultimately I think he does want us to play the four three three, doesn't he? There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. But so, yeah, to summarise overall, I think um, I think we're all in agreement about eight, eight, eight and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty solid window. I think Brands has to be given a lot of credit for getting not just getting the names in and getting them at really good prices. Let's be fair, in a crazy market, but he's also managed to you know so far get get a chunk out, and there'll probably be a few more that'll go as well before the end of the window, isn't it? So. If you consider what he inherited when he joined us and where we are now, he's made some decent leaps, hasn't he? It's it's night and day, isn't it? But you know, for for us sitting down and talking about it with with our rational heads on, we can see the progression. You know, since he's come in, since Silver's come in. But let's let's just let's then go back now to what happened at Sellers Park because people have got very very short memories. So after one game of the brand new season, Brands is once again a fraud <laughs> with certain players that he's brought in. Um, we we come away with a, with a, a nil nil. We have Snyder sent off. We had a few chances, a couple of clear cut chances, off the line. Um, what was what was your take on the game? It, it, for, for me, watching it, frustration is probably the 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 key word there for me because I think we could have won the game, but in the end, probably fairly happy to take a punt. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. I think. Uh Frustration sums it up in one word, and I think, I think I made the point between us as well. I think, I think uh, you know, Silver there. I know we didn't create, you know, five, six, seven, eight guilt edge chances, but we probably created just enough to certainly be getting the lead. You know, what I mean, from Sigurdsson's chance in the first minute, which wasn't as easy as obviously it's made out to be, it was still a good chance. And then after that, we had a few other decent chances. Then we said, just get that goal because then it makes them have to change it. Then doesn't it? They're going to have to now come out because they're at home. They're going to, you know. That Hodgson all day was, was was happy with the point there from the outset, and even when we went down to ten men, he clearly was happy with the point, wasn't he? He didn't go all guns blazing to try and nick it, did he? And they were quite happy to take well, it. You, you both mentioned chances there. We had sixty five percent possession across the game, far more in the first half. I think it was closer to seventy percent yeah, after the first forty five yeah. minutes. We only had three shots on target, so we did create some good chances, but by no means um, enough across the game. Yeah, I think the, the XG, I know a lot of people are banging into XG, but I like to yeah. look at it. I think it was about 1 to 1.24, you want more, so it's near the 2 mark. You know, yeah. you, that's you, what we were towards the end of last season. Yeah, it's the, yeah. Uh, on last season, that, that, that's the type of thing. Yesterday is the type of game we would have lost one the last season. Yeah. We would have had that possession, that dominance, they would have conceded a goal on the break, which we almost did sadly yesterday. But yeah. I think in there was it was a fair result, all in all. But it's just, there's, there's a frustration creeping in for me, really, in the terms of the way we play attacking wise. It's a lot of this. Gomez sits on the ball he passes it left he passes it right and he goes to the wings they try and work something out and then it gets in the ball it needs to be varied I think we need to start Gilbert Sigurdsson plays very high and we need to sort of drop into that space like we spoke about with Awobi he needs to start dropping and give us a different option it's not just him I don't know if it's him or the manager I was going to say do you think that's tactical because he seems to like that silver doesn't he switching of the play left to right 
I think the midfield is a force to do that because I, of the formation. I think. I think he'd also, like, I think Gomez as well, a lot of the time he sat in the field and he was controlling the game by all means. He was, he was a better, much better team when he was in the team. Yeah, I'd like him to just step up a bit third of the field though because he can, he can create problems. Such a good dribble of the ball and he doesn't do that enough for me sometimes. He plays within himself. And I think if he was doing that more and if he was sometimes finding a little bit pockets of space he'd be much more dangerous. I've got a problem with this going out wide because Dean mm-hmm. is great at wide and Colm causes problems with his pace and his dribbling ability. It's just I'd like us to vary it a little bit because then that low block they sit with the defenders trying to defend as little space as possible play narrow folks. they want us to cross it. Yeah. So if we're trying to break them down and trying to move them around then it's, it's better for us instead of falling into their trap essentially. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Gomez... But yeah, he was controlling that game, wasn't he? I mean, there was a couple of balls he hit. There was one he hit in crossfield ball. Because conditions weren't easy either, were they? And there was a lot of wind swirling around. But he hit that crossfield ball perfectly over to Dean, didn't he? And I think as soon as he went off, we lost that little bit of midfield control, didn't we? We lost that little bit of, like... I don't know, suddenly they... I mean, Gabamon came on. And this is an interesting point, because obviously he got slated by a lot of people, which, you know, absolutely ridiculous. I thought when he first came on, bear in mind, the lad's barely trained with us. Yeah, he's... he's, he's what, he's barely, he's not, he's not fully fit, he's, he's made had, that himself. Three training sessions. Yeah, he went away yeah. in the uh, African Cup of Nations. Uh, we, we, he had no pre-season, not, yeah. nothing with, uh, with Mance. Signed for us. Well, he admitted himself he's not fully he said, fit. He said and he's come on, he's yeah. played, what, what, 50 minutes, something like that. But I thought when he first came on, to be fair to him, he, he showed some neat touches. You know what I mean? He was looking to give it, get it back, give it. Yeah. He was economical with the ball, you know, without losing it. And then... I think a little bit he just got caught on it a couple of times. Got caught twice, didn't he? Which and then that you, know, you don't want to lose it there, and we got and that resulted in their two best chances in the game, really. But, but I think people were focusing on that rather than the good little stuff, bits of what, stuff. What, 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 I, what I liked though, over there when he lost the ball, even even Silver said after the game, he said, you know, he said he knows that he can't be doing that. He said he can't be losing the ball there, and he was quite he, he come out and he was quite open about it. He said, but then the day he's, he's played no football. So what what do you expect from someone who comes in? He wouldn't have wanted him to be on the pitch at all yesterday. Yeah. Especially, especially in that game. Yeah. Look at the point of the game he came on. Yeah. It doesn't come on 75 minutes when we're 2-0 up yeah. and the pace of the game's changed. It's yeah. you know Toward the end of the first half, arguably the best player on the pitch has just come off. Come off. Mm. You're coming on to fill his place on your debut yeah. and you're against Milivojevic and MacArthur who are experts at kicking people. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it also. Yeah. issues that he came on. Yeah. And if you came on to partner Andre Gomez, the roles were in, I think, quite okay. But yeah, yeah. Schneider and him are probably... But more suits playing each other's role really, and I think he was then tasked with trying to get the ball field, and he made the set, he made the joint most the final third passes. So he was actually what right, yeah. half the big game right. and was involved in a lot of attacks. So that that show now the naivety comes from not playing in the Premier League. It's the fastest league in the world. Germany's not as fast as ours, not as physical. You learn that takes games. You know every every player who comes to the Premier League, no one steps in and goes, "I've got this straight away." Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what came into my mind when we bought Marrow and Fellaini yeah. from standardly age, big fee. And he really struggled for his first few games. He got caught on it a lot himself, didn't he? Because you think you got acres. And the problem is the Premier League, as soon as you win it back, you won the ball back a few times as well. Expect to be clattered because you're going to get someone on you straight away. Those strikers don't cover back in other leagues, do they? In in our league, everyone's getting behind the ball and trying to cover. And it's constant pressure, which some players can have, and others like David Classen, unfortunately, couldn't. And I think think the band will be fine. I think I watched them against Leipzig by and people pressed him all the time he was fine under pressure so yeah. just give him time to get used to the pace he looks a big lad as well doesn't he he's like, you know, he strong yeah. he looks like he can handle himself he shrugged off Ben Seke a couple of times yeah, and that's probably, not easy yeah. to do he's he won the ball back four times as well I, I, I've got no issues worry, or yeah. worries of him adapting whatsoever I think 
people are just too eager, I think. For, I, mean, I don't know why Evertonians want people to fail. There seems to be like a, oh, it's going to happen, he's doing such a terrible side. I think a lot of it is because they wanted different players, maybe. I, I'm not too sure, but I think players should just, people just get behind the team. I think we will do something this season. I think look, 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 look at them across the park, Fabinho and Keita. Yeah. Keita was the next big thing. When he pays £70 million for him, he's going to be a box-to-box worldie. He can't even get in the team now. Yeah, great so, season ever last year. Yeah, exactly, well. yes. <laughs> I know. And I hope about him training. And also Fabinho, okay, to be fair, he, he, he did eventually kick on, but he really struggled as well. He wasn't getting in the team. So, you know, you've got to give these lads time. I, I agree with you. I think he will prove to be another shrewd signing. Um, but yeah, but let's just hope Gomez is fit, isn't he, for, for the weekend? Um, I think he will be. I think he said he will be, didn't he? I think yeah. Hopefully Delft's but I think that was another thing that was missing yesterday. Delft probably would have played over Schneider, I'm going to guess. Yeah. Especially because we yeah. expected to tack more yesterday. And I think he would have helped us break teams down because that he's got a good left foot. You know, quite industrious. So I think we're just we're just getting up to pastry. The team, some of the players aren't fit. Charleston's had what two weeks now. Yeah. He looks sharp though. I mean, as I said, team recording. He looks really sharp. His work rate was fantastic, and he seems to be more composed on the ball. So I'm excited to see what he can do this season as well. Yeah. So there was one bit where we lost the ball actually. Sorry, mate. Oh. But there was one bit where um, actually Wengerbaum lost it, and then they, they got got Mayer in, and Richardson literally was. I said it to your fair, and he's like. Breaking his neck to try and get back to try and get back. Oh, the amount yeah, that, that we saw him in our own half. Oh, I think it was fantastic. Yeah, you know, Coleman was out of position, obviously, but, but he's, you know, you've got to commend him for that. You know, I mean, his attitude to work back there to try, and he, you know, he didn't get the tackle, but I think he did enough to put Mayer off. You know, to, to hit the ball straight, straight, basically to a poor finish for the mm. straight at him. But the fact his presence was there, and he broke his neck seventy yards to get back. And I think that's. You know, I'll give credit to Richardson there. He's a winner, isn't he? He obviously wants to get back. He does track. So his attitude to work to work hard is, is equally as good he, as he was targeted a bit again yesterday. I thought there was a few times. You know, there was one way Milivojevic again. Yankin literally shit. He got pulled off his back. He's, yeah. He had his over shit for three seconds, and he's trying to get away, trying to get away. There's another little niggly foul. He's one of those players that does attract a lot of attention to Charleston, especially last season when so much of our, our good play was going through him. Yeah. Because he hit the ground running, obviously the two goals in the first game against Wolves. Um, so it's still going to be a bit of targeting, but I do think as as time and the season goes on, with having obviously uh, Keane coming in, there will be players like that. That will take some of that um, mm. that pressure, and also off the charts, and also he won't be as targeted as much because he's got other things to concern himself yeah. with, other players to concern themselves with. What one thing I'd like to pick up on from yesterday, a player who we've, we've all said and been advocates of allowing time to me more than anyone. Yeah, you mean it. Mm-hmm. Great performance, mm-hmm. I thought yesterday. Um, you know, he's coming through a lot of stick from certain courses last season. Well, no, but he, but he did, he did, and then you know we we looked we looked at it and we we sat back and said, "Oh, give him time. He's been injured and this, that, and the other." I thought him and Michael Keane yesterday had, had a decent game. Um, it helped with their playing against, I think. It did, but you know, if you had a really mobile striker, I think those two might struggle a bit. Yeah, so hard on top level would have given them. I think. Yeah, but yeah. as you say, I think I think Yanni Mina is underappreciated by other fans. In pre-season, again, it was oh, I mean, looks clumsy. He's not even a footballer. But I mean, apart from that one clearance, where he cleared it about three yards to someone yeah. yesterday. Yeah. He, he is a good defender. He's big, physically strong. He's not slow. I know when people say oh, he's slow. I I, I say he's slow. He runs weird. He is, he's, he's not slow. It's just that he doesn't tear particularly fast. He doesn't like defending in space. But he's a good defender. For me, even last season, I was saying I thought Mina and Zuma was the future partnership yeah. because I just think that he's a bit of a he's got that level above the key. And I, 
Solid as a rock. He did well again yesterday. Really cracking block, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I think did. it was Maya, was it? Yeah. Or Zaha towards the end. It was really good. But yeah, the defence were fine yesterday. We, we've kept, I think, 11 clean sheets this in 2019, which is second most to Man City. So we are on the up in terms of that, you know, in terms of defend, defending. I just hope that, you know, the, the two, as, as you say, when they face other attacks, mm. don't cause us problems. A lot of pundits seem to have gone quiet on that because remember when we first started the podcast there was this big narrative around Marco Silva that Marco Silva teams can't defend and there was stat after stat after stat you know from all the clubs he's been at you know Olympiacos and Hull Watford Everton that we had this terrible defensive record 11 says it all yeah you are right I mean he even had Sutton going on the other day on BT Sport he does my head in those you know some of the stuff he was coming out he just loves to be different Chris Sutton just, I, you all say that but I love VAR you know what I mean he's one of those idiots that's made a living out of that but he was saying that the first manager to be sacked um, and they did not beat and he was like Marco Silva and it's just like that's just typical Sutton isn't it do you know what I mean it's his second season he never gets a second season he got you know been from Sporting Lisbon because he wore a tracksuit instead of a suit yeah. you know he got you know he left Olympiacos because he wanted a new challenge Hull Watford whatever happened there you know I think with the second season it's most as I said um, I think I've said this before but I think when we, players like Gabam and like Keane uh, anyone coming to the Divi coming in the side knows the system now it's not like last season where everyone was new to the system there's yeah. a sort of spine that sort of knows the system so they can acclimate quicker and I think that we will, we, we're seeing that in terms yeah. of everyone knows the roles a bit better and I think a part of the defensive solidity is that now they've got over that period of uncertainty and now they're ready to play together I, th- I think there'll be a, much more of a, a stare to Marco Silva at the end of this season like mm-hmm. you say it is his second season the players the bulk of the players know the system so we can judge them a lot better at the end of the, of the current season um, I think he's underappreciated me as a coach I think he's for, for a young lad a young age I mean Ali Bratland put a great uh, uh, article out did you see it 442 the other day oh yes that's true yeah. yeah where you obviously went out to Portugal found out a bit about Silvery's background and, that, and, and you know he seems like a really humble guy who's, who's done really really well in his career so far he's a young guy he's a young manager you know and like you said before he's, he's, he's a very good coach isn't he he's very, there's not many managers nowadays that are like very much one on one like that I think he improves players I think he'll improve OB. I think he'll improve some of the other lads coming in as well. So you know, like you said, we can only judge him at the time. But you know, I, I think overall, I think we let's just hope. I think we've got a really good coach there, and he can he can develop with us really. But what's what's everyone's thoughts though from yesterday in regards to Morgan Snyder? Because obviously, two yellow cards got sent off. Um, first one for smashing the ground in frustration. Yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what? I got it a little bit. I know it's a, it's a button straight away. It's dissent. But I got it because Milivojevic all game. Mm-hmm. I think he had six or seven fouls, and he did yeah. get booked in the end. But the, if you want to start totting up fouls yeah. for bookings yeah. on what have you, he was streets ahead. I sort of got Snyder's reaction there, but obviously you can't do it. And he's a bit daft. He was daft on him. The second one was 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 silly for me. Yeah, it's how you as well. Don't forget the first one. How he flew himself to the ground like he'd been absolutely clipped oh, by yeah. the back of the Achilles. He was right to be annoyed because it wasn't even it was not even barely a free kick. The issue yeah. starts before the game, really, didn't it? John Mossman has changed kits because he couldn't see the difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so that was the start. you knew already that it was going to be one of those weird ref games, and then you've got Milivojevic running around kicking people. Yeah. That's all. And he, don't you know, like Milivojevic, he's great pen taking all, but yeah. he. He's basically in a hodge from the field just to, to disrupt yeah. everybody by stopping attacks and kicking people. And the referee really led him away with that. And I think he missed a couple of couple of fouls that could have probably given yellow cards. Mm. And I don't know. And then 
it's a book and Schneiderland for such a you know I know it was a bit silly to bang on the floor but it's not really a book and is it the second one was a book and yeah. it's, it's one of those is it a book enough to get a red no I, I think it was I, I, don't think, I watched it again on match today this morning and you look at it yeah he's late he's late he's definitely late he's gone to try and nick the ball and the guy's nicked it and he's nicked his, he's nicked his ankle that happens all the time yeah, it's, it's only if he's left one on him like that going I'm going straight through you here He's just trying to miss it in front of him. It's one of them. Words, if that happens I mean, after 10 minutes, he doesn't get booked. Mm. If it happens 75 minutes, you get booked for it. So he's left himself wide open. It was it was silly for me. And, and it, it's a shame. Because I thought he had a half decent game. I thought he looked all right. He did. Um, he was one of probably our, our better players. But going into, obviously, the, the Watford game, we, we could be massively sure, couldn't we? We've gone from being absolutely awash with the sense of it. Yeah. So having two. Um, so it, it was a shame but it, I think it was just basically it hides the frustration of the afternoon and the game and the, the build up the, the excitement and the buzz around Everton from, from our fan base's point of view going into this season with the signs that we've had you know it's been a little bit of fever pitch and we can't wait for the season to start a little bit of a, a damn squib in the end wasn't it and, and frustrating but I think I think there was positives there and again not conceding Jordan Pickford again two, two terrific saves probably unnoticed yeah. but yeah, he didn't have a lot, a lot to do at all I and mean, it was this sort of 10 minute spell in the second half wasn't it and he, he was he was away he was alert he came alive that's what you want and that's why he's he's, he's England's best goalkeeper Yeah, and in the top three in the top three in the Premier League yeah it's worth raising that depth I, I agree with you and I think we possibly would have lost that game 1-0 in another time there but we, I think the fact we are a bit more solid at the back now uh, and even when we went down to 10 I know we brought Davis on to shore it up but we did, didn't look like conceding then even then really did we do you know what I mean so it's just a shame we just couldn't nick one of those chances a, a, a bit of misfortune I think you would have put Richardson you'd put your money on him to bend that one in there I think that was a good chance as well um, but the, the positives we've taken a point it was always going to be a tight game that um, it's a bit like when I play you at FIFA it's 7% possession mate and you should nick one on the break um, but no, going into the Watford game then Mike um Obviously, you reckon that hopefully some of those midfielders will be back. Well, we think we think um, we're hopeful on Gomez, <laughs> hopeful on Delph as well. Um, it, it'd be good to get to get Delph on there to for a bit of experience, I suppose, in, in that position. Uh, if not, you're talking obviously the experience uh, Gabbana, yeah, which is not ideal again for for the kid and not ideal for Everton Twitter if he <laughs> if he started the game and and Tom Davis. Um, so I'd like to see Gomez or Delph fit. And, and in the side there, but Watford turned over three 0 As well as I say, that was a shock, that wasn't it? Massive you know win. Yeah, massive. Home there, getting get, getting tonked three 0 there. Yeah. So I mean, they'll have a point to prove. They've got their new signing will be playing as well. Um, I think the game last year was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? Sure, yeah. We started well that game. Against yeah. us. We struggled. We struggled. We struggled, we struggled with this time because then we got more physical. Yeah, last season it was a very physical game to call in caused us a lot of problems. I don't think it'll be like that this time. Yeah, we, we ended up having to play their way. We started well and then we ended up basically making it a battle. We well, scored first, but Charles and scored, didn't we? Yeah, he did. Got that, yeah. got that goal, went to, obviously two on behind. I saw Luca Dean to bend that one on the top bit. Then that went in the night. Yeah, but I think it'll be an interesting game. Do you reckon he'll start key? No, no, he'll see Carvalho for at least a couple more. Do you reckon before C three one again? Yeah, I think he'll see maybe maybe Wobi off the bench next week. I I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too scared if it was Davis and Gabamon. I think they'll be much more ready next week. I think they complement each other again. Davis will be the one that looks to get forward. Gabamon will sit deep. 
I just hope that you know we do see a, a bit more variance in the play. But I think it'll be pretty much the same team, apart from maybe the midfield will be a little bit different. Yeah. They're not really that good. They they worried about the fans. I don't think they've won a lot of games. I can't remember what the, the amount is, but they, they haven't won like a lot of games for a long time, like a couple of games for a long time. And they got beat thoroughly yesterday. Delfeo wasn't fit. He got brought off quite quick. And yeah, I don't think all's all's well there with the fans. And, and Gracia was oh the hero when he got to the FA Cup final. And I have often fans message me yesterday saying, "Who would you replace Gracia with?" And I thought, "That's soon, isn't it?" But <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 but they're a good side. The lads side which on the pace, his pace will cause problems. And but maybe he went to the Afcon as well. So they're all still trying to come back. So whether he's played or not. We'll see, but yeah, it should be an interesting game. Very different proportions to Dini, isn't it? They're two opposites, those two lads. Yeah, then you know they've got obviously Andrew Gray pops up. He's the type of person to score against Everton. He never scores against anyone else, but against Everton, he probably scores. Did against us last year, didn't he? Exactly. That's that's they're the type of players you come out of nowhere, you know, and score against Everton. But yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll. I fancy us at home. I think you know, at home we could be a different prospect. I think we're more ready for a physical battle now. Yeah, I think the crowd will be well for the first home game of the season. The important thing for me about the, the, the signing side of it, I think the bench looks stronger, doesn't it? In terms of like you know, like depth. If Iwobi comes in, you know, you mentioned Delph, Gomez, and then you've got Davis, and then you've got Gabamin. I think that I, I feel a bit more confident now. Going, how can we change it? We've got the players to change it. You look at the bench, and you see a group of people that for me something happened. Yeah, exactly. Know. You don't yeah. have to defend it if it's if you ever start Keane or Donald Calvert Lewin. You know, if Donald Calvert Lewin's gone at eighty minutes and he's defending on tired legs, he's a handful. He's, yeah. he's running around, chasing yeah. around. He's, Causes problems, so that offers us something different to rather than Tosin. We need, you know, he's a bit more slow, a bit more, you know, a bit more easy to finish it, obviously. But it's just some players you can bring options, whether it's a Wobie coming on the off on off the bench or Bernard again, it adds mm. something different and different. And they can all play. There's a bit of versatility in there. They can play different positions. Yeah. Same with Delph as well. We need, you know, you can play left back as well, centre midfield or whatever. So yeah, I'm quite happy with the squad overall. Obviously centre back, but. You know, we're getting to a position now where we've got a nice core of 16, 17 players. I think that's quite a, that's quite a good thing. Yeah, and all, all, all decent players as well. I, I, you know what? I'd be half tempted. I don't want you guys. I'd be half tempted to throw Keane in, you know. I'd be half tempted to throw him in. So you're romantic. No, it's nothing to do with that. I just, think, I just think we're at home. I think if we play anywhere near our level, I think we'll beat them. And I just think, give give the lad a game. Give him, let, let's... Look, maybe I'm being a bit, a bit romantic, but I just think... At the expense of who, though? At the expense of... Yeah. He actually played well yesterday, to be fair. He so did alright, actually. Yeah, he's put himself yeah. about nice. Obviously, we all know that he's not the most natural striker as it when it comes to finishing, but he causes problems, gets around players. You know, he's, 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 he's great in the air. I mean, yeah. Calvert Lewin, he, he wins a lot of flick ons, and Pickford at times were sending the ball out wide, and, and uh, Calvert Lewin was going out there, winning the head, and knocking it down. He makes it stick, doesn't he? He finds a pass, keeps the ball high. His older players So you'd start Calvert Lewin, obviously, then, you reckon, yeah? I just think that he will. I just think that that's. that's I think people worry that he comes out the team. I think a lot of people worry. I think people, like a lot of analysts as well, worry that we haven't got that option so we could stick up front. So we don't play. Back. We don't yeah. play through the midfield a lot, and, and I think that that suits us as a playing team because obviously Keane's more of a sort of wants the ball, just running with it more rather than into his chest, lay it off, and move. So, but I, I, I don't mind on a Calvert Lewin playing for the first couple weeks. I'd rather Keane slowly bed in rather than. Throw him out to Goodison, he has a bad game, and you know, all the idiots on Twitter be like, Oh, yeah. what a waste of money. You said he's the best ever. You just need to get the beds him in a bit. See with Gabamon, it, it's a baptism of fire with Goodison. People remember, you know, we all remember Colin's debut against Benfica, and that wasn't a Goodison, but it still lives long in the memory. Yeah. They had bad games with Goodison, I suppose. So, he left back that game. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And yeah. I, I had a look at the team. I had a look at the team, yeah. They had Ramirez, Luis, Sal. 
David Luiz, Harry yeah. Garcia, there's all four Premiership title winners in it, Cardozo's. Yeah, yeah, just I think just dead them in a bit, you know, before we talk about the other There's a David boy. I didn't think I ever remember the Arco apart from the uh, the share passing thing was when he broke when the bar against Cudicini, yeah. You walked off, didn't he? You just said, yeah. Oh I can't do this anymore. It was Arsenal away, that wasn't it, yeah. Or Bessex Maradona turn on the halfway. Oh yeah, Chelsea. Just yeah, just thought back here yet yeah. But, what a mad guy. And the ass obviously when we first seen him, that wasn't and Per called up against Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah, me and Barris looking like we're player of the year. No, yeah, you're right. But I, don't, yeah. I just I'd rather have spread players in. Same, I know we Gabbana's probably going to have to play if if the injuries work out. But it's better to sort of get to give them a couple of games because the team's okay. The teams we still have most of the players that end last season. I know Gay went and everyone keeps mentioning that, but I think we'll be all right. We have to move on from that. Look, he was great for us, and he, we played a certain way with him. But he's gone. Mm. Yeah, there's no point in harping back and saying, "Oh yeah," but you know, Gabbana and him are different players, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't say, "Oh, he's, he's this or he's that." He's not as busy. He's not. Well, Gabbana's been brought in for the silver system, hasn't he? Yes. He's been yeah. brought in for. Yeah. So you've, you've got to understand. Looking outside, I've got to understand that. I like to try Nicholas doing his uh, his predictions for, for the, the game just gone. Yeah. He said, "I think Everton bought in the wrong game." Oh, he's, he's tough. It just shows you the, the the national media. And so called football pundits haven't got a clue. Yeah. Outside of their club that they probably watch week in, week out, or watch regularly, haven't got a clue. Yeah. They don't look at teams properly to see what, what they're trying to do and who they're bringing in. They don't know the players, let's be honest. Paul Merson, Charlie Nickers, have no idea. Duncan Castles, who's got his own transfer podcast, was saying how Marcus Silva obviously knows as well as we do that Evan haven't had a good window. Just because Marcus Silva was unhappy about not getting the centre back. He took the whole cont- out of content. Yeah. You don't know, if you don't know who the players, don't comment on them really. You know, yeah. Evan of Marcel Brands would not sign players who hadn't watched numerous times and have been I mean, happy watching them. Kabam we watched for over a year, so. It, well, he said didn't we? We were, we were yeah. sniffing around them last last um, summer. Yeah. yeah. So not, not as if this one, this one's being oh yeah, you can you can we get in? Do you see? Yeah, going. Yeah, just go for him. It's not like we've received the DVD through the post. We thought, oh, I like yeah. it. Yeah. 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 This is a there's a proper scout now for going on here, and I think people need to give give. The more faith in Silver would have been happy with him as well. He wouldn't have signed off on the deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, on a side note, um, we, we thought we'd try and raise it. And then we, there was one VAR review yesterday, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, just was, to uh, the red uh, card that was pretty, pretty quickly wrapped up by... On Bernard, Yeah, it yeah. Wasn't red, it, it wasn't particularly touched on. No, 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 no real delay. Uh, but, like, you know, VAR's been a, a bit of a, a touchy subject on it and highlighted heavily over the course of the weekend's games. What One, one being... Uh, at the Olympic Stadium, hasn't it? West Ham, Man City, where yeah. it was used countless times, ruled yeah. out goals, allowed goals, offside for having the one of the hairs on your shoulders <laughs> behind the defender, and it was just it's what, 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 what are our thoughts? I mean, we know we, we tweeted something up from the the Monaco game at the weekend where Fabregas received a yellow card, but then got given a red card because the referee looked at it again. Um, we we weren't particularly sure that that was that was correct that he should have been sent off. There was a bit of a 50-50 split there in, in terms of people commenting and what have you. But, you know, the one, the one, the Man City one on West Ham, yeah, it's offside or it's not offside. We, we all get that. But it's... It's is, over is, analysis is it getting, for me, Is mate. it getting used correctly or not? Yeah, it's, it's over analysis for me. And then some City fan phoned in and summed it up perfectly on, a, on, on Five Live, actually, saying that when the third goal went in, uh, not, not the one where actually... Uh, Sterling was off and he squared it for, uh, for Hazel. It was the one where Sterling actually scored yeah. and lifted it over him. And he looked off then, didn't he? Because obviously it was such a transition, he looked off. So he said, none of the fans, he said, none of the fans celebrated. Yeah. So as soon as that happened, he said, none of us celebrated because it looked off 
and we were just waiting, right, we're going to wait for VAR, it's going to be disallowed. And that's my biggest worry with VAR, is that football, City in the Premier League, it's all about pace, it's all about excitement, it's all about raw emotion. And then all of a sudden now we're going to overanalyze absolutely every single decision to the point where the crowd are just going to be like, yeah, well, let's just not bother celebrating until we've reviewed it. I mean, it's just going to kill the game. Tottenham game last season in the Champions League where City went wild, didn't they? Yeah, that was the worst one. it's, what's going to happen now is fans are going to see that and think well, we'll wait because yeah. you can't, and, and I think sometimes it's been used too often in certain yeah. games especially in that city it was used all too often and they really need to review their offside really. if it's not if, if it's not your foot or your, shoulder, your shoulders falling yeah. in front of the man yeah. that's not offside it used to be the daylight rule didn't it yeah. and I think you, knew, you know where you stand with that because that's an advantage for the striker they've got a bit of daylight there you go he's off but now it's just kind of like like you're half a toe offside and you go you're off and it's just like it's a team product you want goals on. and you're going to rule out 50, 10 goals a season or 15 goals a season because someone's like you know shirts what advantage is that there. what advantage exactly. is that there's no real advantage to the striker and it's, you know some people have, you know some people come out with all like like in cricket and tennis we'll give them give the managers or the captains like you know three 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 chances to sort of appeal it and even that I'm a bit dubious about things like you know, people will people start doing that to waste time or this you know, I just think they just need to use it for clear and obvious. Goal line's fine because it's instant and you can find out no problem. But it's just you're just analysing stuff for the sake of analysing stuff. I think, I think that's that's the thing. It's football or well, sports in general is all about passion in it and yeah. excitement and and what have you. And I know it's offside or it's not offside. I, I get that. I do get it. But when when you when you're dampening the atmosphere and the the enjoyment. For the spectator, yeah. for, for the yeah. fans who are paying week in, week out, week out because they're having to wait. Yes. You know, look, look at City game, three minutes or something, there was a massive delay. Three minutes? It's that, that, that's ridiculous. If it's instant, everyone got as much of a problem, but it's not. But I think While you're on the ground, apparently, it's, 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 some people are saying it's like this is an armchair thing now, VAR's mm. made for TV. Yeah. And one thing that's so clear with Sky and BT, both their first games of the season, they've been down to this, was it, Stokely Park, wherever it is. Mm. They've been to the VAR machines, they've been briefed everything on it, and they're trying to put obviously the positive spin on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look, it's in its infancy, we will get better. There's obviously a you know, they're trying to put out an agenda to say, look, this is exactly you know, VAR is good for the game, all that, and they're obviously trying to spin it. But you know, for the fans that go to the game, in some cases, you're paying 50 60 quid a ticket, you know, you, you want to be well, there. Well, just that football's meant to be in the moment, isn't yeah, it? it? As it happens, when the, when the ball's in the back of the net. That, it's yeah. a goal. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and you know, well, look, and you know, so know it's offside because the flag goes up. Well, so exactly. How many times in foot you know where someone slides in, slides some guy inside the fullback and then he pulls it back? You, you, the first thing you do is you look at the line, don't you? Is he giving yeah. off here? Yeah. And you know, he's down, he's on. And you think, because that's like an instant sort of, of yes course, or no. Yeah. But now you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, Hopefully it does take away from the refs being because the refs call for everything now, aren't they? Almost mm. there's no fluid fluidity yeah. in football. It's losing that, and I think obviously it takes away those you know. Oh, it's Anfield. Let me give a pen in front of the cops sort of thing because that was happening far too much. Is you know I think it takes part of that away because obviously the decisions get reviewed, but there's still you can still pressure referees to review something that's not necessarily going to be yeah. reviewed. So. Yeah. It's still the same sort of issue. I, I like VAR because I think it takes us forward, but it's, if it's fit with football still to be worked out, I think it's still not a natural I just, fit. I just, I just don't think you need it. We've had 125 years of footy. And I it's, good, it's a money thing, I, I mean, think, because I think you're going to get to the stage where if someone gets relegated and loses £130 million, pounds and they could, it's boom or bust for them to yeah. sue the Premier League. And yeah. I think they're trying to take that. That's, that, that's 
you know, Sheffield United's memorable when they, they sued the Premier League because yeah. Tevez played when he shouldn't have. Them type of situations could come up, it, it, and that's the problem is that you've got to have that proof. I think the burden of proof, and that's what they're trying to take away. That it's, it's, you know, John Moss wasn't the greatest ref yesterday, and mm-hmm. you know, luckily he didn't VAR didn't come into play. But in other yeah. games, Everton have been really unlucky because a referee bad referee decision. I think there was a stat today that we don't look at the Premier. Yeah, so I think I mean, there's pros and cons. I just think. I mean, the, the one that springs to mind straight away, straight away in mind is when we were beating Chelsea and then when John Terry scored. Remember when he was yeah. about, you know, wasn't he about three or four yards off and didn't even spot it? It was like ninety seventh minute yeah, or something like that. Because Funes Mori had scored, didn't he? In injury time. Oh, lost, lost his, uh, his protective headband in, in <laughs> yeah, the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So look, in, yeah. that would have been instantly ruled out. So you think, yeah, look, yeah. So the, there is pros and cons, but there was even I listened to part of the game on the radio the other day, so in the car, and then some of the commentators were saying that a lot of the, the, the Palace fans. We're actually shouting for VAR every time. Every time the ball went in the box and something happened, <laughs> so that's the thing. That's what's going to happen now. Well, yeah, any sort of that might be an handball, hey, and then we're shouting VAR. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the problem, isn't it? That's, I mean? that's the problem. But like you say, they, they, from a TV side, they are pushing it. I think Sky showed the Netherlands Tiger at the at the uh, and VT the, did the same. Uh, HQ yeah. and the referees were saying, "There, listen, we we need you. This is recorded. We need you to basically educate." Yeah. Those that are watching, and then I see on Twitter someone who was at the West Ham Man City game yeah. said, "This very is doing it as a spectator yeah. sport, as a spectator yeah. being yeah. in the ground. Yeah. It's absolutely and that's and that's it. the worry because that's what he's, they actually the same City fan said that Aguero should never been you know like, okay look it was Declan that had encroached and then he kicked it away. Then you think well look no one was appealing going like he's in there like you know, no one would have seen it's that the goal it was in three yards off the line as well though, to be fair it, yeah. it's narrowing down the, the chance it's narrowing down the goal I've got no problem calling goalies the encroachment thing is it's not really affect the player taking yeah. the bend you know I mean you're going oh god someone's going to take the goal it's the goal across the line is an issue the encroachment not really and how many times are you going to do what happens if they keep encroaching they're going to yellow cards they're going to get sent off for encroaching it's, 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 it goes too far the thing is we haven't had a really farcical one because it's only been one week there's going to be one there's going to be one It'll be Liverpool, won't it? It'll be yeah. like it'll be riots outside Stokely Park and yeah. pitchforks and you know torches. Whatever, you know. Well, you, you know, you know, Saturday, Goodison Park. Oh, no, when no. the State Boys are State Boys against Ham, something's going to happen. VAR, you know, it's going to happen. We'll we, we, be winning one, one nil, and yeah. and so, something happens to do with VAR. But on that note, let's have your predictions. What, what are we thinking? And we got we got to get our face. We we were all so positive going into the Palace game. We've come away with a draw, nil nil, no goals conceded. Well, actually, I said one nil. I said it would be a close game. You believe you said, and you said two nil every single game. No, no, season. you said two nil, and I think you said four nil, didn't you? Pete? Three, I oh, said three nil, three, three nil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very optimistic. There, yeah. So, so in other words, we all got it wrong. Lee, is what you're trying to say there? No, I thought you, you lot were being a bit ridiculous. Oh, right, that. okay. But no, I reckon Watford. I think we'll, like I said before, if we play anywhere near our level, hopefully Gomez is fit because uh, I think he played very well before he went off. I think. Um, I think we'll win 2-0. I had this one down as a draw, so and I, I, I had the Palace down one as well. But I'm going to stick to it. I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. I think we're still getting out of the starting blocks. I don't think... Mm-hmm. I, I know it's a bit negative, but I, I just I just see it as it's coming with a difficult game because they're going, to come, they're going to be coming for a draw, I think. Pete? I'm saying 1-0, Luca Dean. Oh, I was going to say 1-0, Pete. He's just, he's just after you game on your parade there. <laughs> I'm still going right. to say 1-0, but a different goal scorer. I'm going to say... Moise Keane off the bench. Make a yeah, celebration will be all over Twitter. <laughs> and I'll be I'll be uh, on the air for two days. <laughs> so again, we all think positive outcome. Hopefully we get our first win of the season. And we uh, the the famous Everton Twitter doesn't become alive for negative reasons next week, but 
lads. Andy, thanks for coming down. Yeah, mate, thanks for coming again, mate. Yeah, thanks. Enjoy it again. Another, another good chat there. And we'll be back next week looking back at the uh, the Watford game. Or the Snake Boys, as I now know, as I will forever call them. <laughs> and we're looking ahead to Friday night football the following week, isn't it? Villa Park. Yeah. Is under Friday, the lights. Is it? Friday night football. Mm. Under um, the lights. Under the lights. <laughs> and it's live. So we'll catch you then. Thanks for listening. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.